Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. And we're back. This is Sister and You Stay. And this is Sister Veritas. And we're here with Let Love Podcast. With the Sisters of Life. And we are diving back into chapter four. This is part two. And it is. This is kind of like we're coming towards the end of the document. And John Paul II has talked about a number of things. And like, we're just going to like trot through this last section mm-hmm. and like hit the highlights, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it's like the Pope gives shout outs to everybody in That's this great. section. Like, it's really awesome, actually. Yeah. Every walk of life you know people supporting life amen I feel really upheld by the by the holy father yeah yeah well, and here it is it's like he's calling us to be a people of life and for life and i wonder sister before we get started it's like it's good to consult your own experience actually mm-hmm. what brings life mm-hmm. to your heart mm-hmm. to your soul to your mind mm-hmm. uh i don't know sister yeah what are some of those things in your life because it's it's just good to ground ourselves in those things yeah. as we seek to do this Totally. I love that question. Well, I mean, obviously, like prayer, for sure. You mm-hmm. know, the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I mean, that's like the source and summit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but other things, like, I love sitting on a couch and talking to people. Yeah, just conversation. Having good conversation. That gives me a lot of life. That's awesome. Um, I love humor. Like, real good humor. It's just like, and it like puts a lens on life that it's mm-hmm. just like, I think it's kind of a... a cousin or sister to like the sacramental vision you know contemplative outlook but humor seeing humor mm-hmm. um i think yeah writing i love to creative write gives me a lot of life that's awesome sister yeah yeah just being in like beauty nature mm-hmm. um yeah but i think ultimately it's i think number one i would say being with others Amen. just i just i just love it that's yeah. beautiful yeah what about you whoa it's a it's powerful once you start thinking about it actually mm-hmm. uh but and many of them are similar to yours sister in a sense that silence mm-hmm. you know just deep 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 silence mm-hmm. and the silence where you can hear your heartbeat and you can hear in a sense deep in your heart mm-hmm. that voice of love that gift of prayer mm-hmm. that you can find in silence and that gift of being with mm-hmm. God and having a deeper awareness of his presence, that fills me with life. Yeah. Uh, natural beauty. Yeah. You know, looking at the sky, just watching the, the clouds roll by. Really, yeah. truly. Yeah. Uh, it's this quiet, deep breath mm-hmm. of life. And it's a stunning gift mm-hmm. when you can even snag a few minutes of that. Yes, being with the people that you love, being with new people, you know, mm-hmm. discovering new people, mm-hmm. coming to know another person, and, mm-hmm. you know, a new place is created in my heart. And that's so much fun. It brings mm-hmm. incredible life in a sense to gaze upon God's original splendor in another person. Yeah. I find that very exciting and compelling. I love learning, wow. learning about new things, learning about you know, strange phenomena, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like something about the stars, something about the universe, Mm -hmm. the big and the small, Mm -hmm. like cool facts about bugs. Love those. Brings life. It really brings (laughs) life. I really love backyard meals with those pizza ovens. I know they're like the latest and greatest. Oh, they're so good. It's so much fun. You yeah. know, people creatively making food and someone who's built this brick oven and it's, I don't know, it's so cool inventing. Yeah. Life is filled with life. Yeah. 
it's just pretty awesome. Wherever you look, wherever you go, you can find it. And yet, as I think about it, being a person of life or for life requires that I just stay deeply grounded, Mm -hmm. stand on my own two feet Mm -hmm. and be present to the gift, Mm -hmm. actually. And I think this is what this document does is it helps us to become aware and more present to the gift that God is extending that the world is extending. Yeah. And it also helps us to realize like our own unique gift that the Lord is inviting us to give, yes, you right. know, in the service of life and, and to our brothers and sisters. And it's the fun, I think it's the fun reality like we experience in community, but actually is the reality of the whole church is like our gifts and gaps. And mm-hmm. actually my sister's gifts are my gifts and my gaps are a gift to her too. Like, you know, everything is, mm-hmm. is, is gift, mm-hmm. but um, actually how it's, it's meant to be this like awesome living body bouquet yeah bouquet of flowers that's it sister and i think that is something we often see and say is that everyone Mm -hmm. has a gift to put at the service of life yeah and in a sense bring your gift yeah bring your gift we don't have to worry about a gift displacing another gift in a sense there's space for Mm -hmm. everyone to Mm -hmm. bring their gift and in a sense each of us have that responsibility before the holy spirit to discern that gift and to give it away. Mm-hmm. And I think, sister, I just want to pray. And this is going to be like a really fun mm-hmm. firework show. Mm-hmm. We're basically just going to mm-hmm. catch the nuggets and dish them out here. Mm-hmm. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit to stir up the gifts that you have inscribed in our heart. Stir up the love that you've placed in our heart and inspire us to bring this gift forward, to give this gift away at the service of your great gift of life. Blessed Mother, we ask for protection for all these gifts and graces that the Lord desires to pour out upon the world through every heart, through every life. May your maternal care bring them to fruition Pray for us now, Blessed Mother, as we say, Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of Life, pray for us. Pray for us. Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I love this, sister, and just diving in to uh, this part of chapter 4 starting with number 87, but just how you're talking about how every person has a gift um, to bring. And the Pope naming kind of that this service of, of charity for life, funding expression and personal witness, uh, volunteer work, social activity, political commitment. But it, it's the image that comes to me is the image of like a polyphony. It's like this experience of everyone is actually bringing a different gift, like a unique voice, but also singing different parts. Like you have the tenor, you have the alto, you have the soprano. And it's like this outrageous weave of parts and music and different tones of voice. Love and it, sister. It's such a beautiful image. Um, I think for what we're talking about in this chapter of, of all these ways that different people are called in service of life. It's so powerful, sister. And again, the one nugget I'd pull from 87, as he is saying, this whole section is phrased, what does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith but has not works? And that we need to translate our faith into Mm -hmm. service. Mm -hmm. And Mother Teresa used to say it all the time, you did it to me. Mm -hmm. And remembering what we do to the least, one of these brethren, we are called to show care for all life and for the life of everyone. Mm -hmm. And remembering 
down to the littlest, the poorest, the smallest, the weakest. Mm -hmm. You did it to me. Mm -hmm. That in a sense, we have the opportunity to reverence, to love the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's this all call to service and charity. It's amazing. And uh, and Carol Houslander, as you're speaking, it was like, oh my gosh, it's like what Carol Houslander says. She had, she's a great British mystic and writer, but she had this experience of walking in the, in the underground subway um, in England. And all of a sudden in her mind's eye, seeing every passerby as Christ, Christ in them, either mm. sorrowing or um, as a baby or crucified or healing, but it's like Christ in every person. Um, and she kind of had this, she describes like the experience of like all of, all of eternity was in the subway car with her because Christ was in every person. Um, and it was, it's just really powerful. But as you're speaking, it's like, yeah, caring for each person um, and, and Christ in each person. Amen, sister. Well, and that brings us beautifully to number 88. It's like, this is a great work. Uh, he says, it involves a patient and fearless work mm-hmm. of education, of encouragement, of implementation, of different structures that can hold all these beautiful truths mm-hmm. that uphold the dignity of the human person. And he kind of, again, all these shout outs, he talks about Centers for Natural Family Planning. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a number of beautiful places that really took up the torch for this, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Paul VI Institute out Mm -hmm. in Nebraska, Mm -hmm. really developing, and this is forth from the document Humani Vitae um, and Paul VI, really developing uh, methods to uphold couples in discerning parenthood and responsible parenthood Mm -hmm. and, and stewarding this great gift of life in and through ways that reverence God's plan for life coming about, um, that reverence the beauty of marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so many beautiful people have dedicated their lives to that, and it makes such a huge difference Mm -hmm. for couples Mm -hmm. who are seeking to reverence God's plan Mm -hmm. as they grow their families. Um, That or we see so many uh, initiatives, fearless Catholics who Mm -hmm. bring their faith to help people to be liberated from drug addiction, who help to support people who suffer mental illness, uh, for patients who may have long-term difficulties, disabilities, chronic illnesses, so powerful, Mm -hmm. or all the way down to the end, Mm -hmm. those who are terminally ill. Mm -hmm. And you see more and more places that can really offer reverence for Mm -hmm. that last chapter, Mm -hmm. that final passion that one lives to support families and loving to the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a big all call that everybody has to step forward yeah and in beautiful ways and in unique ways and mm-hmm. so there's a place for everybody yeah it's really powerful and and the fact that you know in these as you're describing these situations of like often it's caring for the one right mm-hmm. it's like the one person in your care or and it's not like huge numbers or but it's actually it's like the one is um you know treating them like like the lord right whatever you do to the least of these you do to me and mm-hmm. um and actually the power of love and if, as we've said in other episodes but Every act of love is eternal, right? Amen. It resounds and echoes through history forever. And it changes the course of history. Yes. Yeah, and so there's nothing, there's no action done in love that is small. Amen. It's just true. And nothing is lacking where love is given. Mm-hmm. You're saying it, sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that brings us beautifully into number 89. He really uh, summons healthcare workers. Yeah. Uh, those who are upholding others Mm -hmm. in sickness and helping them to come to better health. Mm -hmm. He mentions that ancient, ever ancient, ever new 
Hippocratic Oath, mm -hmm. which requires every doctor to commit himself to an absolute respect for human life and its sacredness. Mm -hmm. And this is so important uh, that healthcare professionals realize the enormous power they have mm -hmm. to reverence, to uphold, to support God's sacred gift of life and to use the gifts that they have mm -hmm. towards that end. He makes the same call to those in research, especially biomedical research, that, yeah, we want to develop ways mm -hmm. to uphold humanity in and through the amazing advances that we're making there and applying them. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet he says it so well. He says, researcher applications which disregard the inviolable dignity of the human being cease to be at the service of people and become instead means which under the guise of helping people actually harm them. Yeah. So, so again, this call to integrity, mm -hmm. wherever you stand, and especially as one stands in the field of medicine, mm -hmm. biomedical research. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's so important. And it's like you think of these great heroes, right? And these great witnesses like Jerome Lejeune, who I know we've mentioned in previous episodes, but who discovered the chromosomes for down syndrome right and these deeply faithful people who really are at the service of the human mm -hmm. person the service of life and the witness that is yeah but it's it's just beautiful and i know like i've been so edified by um those i know in healthcare you know and even some of our sisters um them sharing their stories and i mean you sharing your stories about working in, in the healthcare field and actually how your patients like coming approaching each patient with that posture of heart that sees them as gift and like this stunning um, encounters experiences and lens actually of of seeing medicine kind of through the eyes of christ is really powerful but i think it brings us nicely to our next point too more shout outs but he talks about volunteer workers and a, a big shout out to civil leaders actually the the power and the importance of civil leadership in upholding the dignity of the human person mm -hmm. um, which is so um so beautiful and so important and basically he's talking about how the dignity of the human person is basically the very fabric of society. Mm -hmm. And so if there's any ways that civil law or legislation is undermining that, um, it actually undermines the person, each of us. And so he's really calling politicians, political leaders to uphold uh, the person, to uphold, you know, you, me. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and to serve the common good. And in, truly, John Paul II really speaks into this directly and beautifully. He, he says, I repeat once more, that a law which violates an innocent person's natural right to life is unjust, and as such is not valid as a law. He said, for this reason, I urgently appeal once more to all political leaders not to pass laws which, by disregarding the dignity of the person, as you were saying, sister, mm -hmm. undermine the very fabric of society. I know it's deep on my own heart how important mm -hmm. civic leaders are, how important governance is. Mm -hmm. And allowing that service to really uphold the common good, as John Paul II says, there is an urgent need for men and women mm -hmm. of virtue, of generosity, mm -hmm. of, of brilliance, and yet also of deep heart mm -hmm. to bring themselves into the service of building political structures, of mm -hmm. building governance that can really allow for a culture of life to be born and to flourish. Mm -hmm. you know, I pray for those in public office and I pray for those to step forward who are not yet in office, mm -hmm. that they might bring their gifts into a place that is so important. Mm -hmm. And that I think the world in a particular way is waiting mm -hmm. for those with minds and hearts who can really give us strong ground to stand upon. And actually, sister, it makes me think of a great story that I, just a little anecdote from um, George Weigel's 
Letters to a Young Catholic, but he talks in that about Hilaire Belloc, who was a British politician. Basically, he was running for office and he was Catholic and, and very kind of openly Catholic. And there's a lot of people who were not, you know, in favor of him or, or kind of got a lot of pushback. But he decided to do his first kind of public, um, what do you call it? political rally or, you know, mm -hmm. to gain support at a, a Catholic school. And people are like, you're nuts. What are you doing? Like, you kind of, you can't wear your identity on your sleeve, like being more subtle. He's like, nope, I'm doing it. So he went up and there's a big crowd of people in this Catholic school. And he says, gentlemen, I am a Catholic. And I'm paraphrasing. But he says, as far as possible, I go to mass every day. And he pulls out his rosary beads. He says, these are rosary beads. As far as possible, I pray these rosary beads every day. <laughs> and he said, if you will not vote for me because I am a Catholic, then I thank God for sparing me the indignity of being your representative. And everyone's like, yay! And he got voted in. But I just love that. It's like this humor, this brilliance, this charity, and but also gumption. You know? There it is. There I, it is. It's a word not used often, gumption, but I think it's a good one. No, and you got to have some courage today. Yeah. To get in there. Yeah. Number 91. Again, we're just trotting through this, hitting highlights. It's a really good document to read. But he does. He even leans into, I'm telling you, John Paul II is fearless. He leaned mm -hmm. into every big issue. He mm -hmm. just wasn't afraid of it. Yeah. And praise be to God, it's good to talk about these things, to mm -hmm. dialogue about these things. So he speaks about the issue of population growth. And again, just speaking to the reality that solutions must be sought on the global level by establishing a true economy of communion and sharing of goods in both the national and international order. He said, this is the only way to respect the dignity of persons and families, as well as the authentic cultural patrimony of peoples. But this whole idea of distribution, of sharing, mm -hmm. of really being neighbors to one another. Mm -hmm. And it's radical, right? That's, you mm -hmm. don't hear that every day. <laughs> right. But this is the invitation. Mm -hmm. It's like, not, we don't have a population problem, we have a sharing problem. In the reality, yes, sister, like he says it, it's italicized. No single person or group has a monopoly on the defense and promotion of life. These are everyone's tasks and mm -hmm. responsibilities. I mean, mm -hmm. it's an all call to everyone. Mm -hmm. John Paul II, he just cast the net. Mm -hmm. It brings us really well into 92. Um, speaking a lot about the family and the sanctuary of life and the mm -hmm. domestic church. And that cannot be overemphasized. Mm -hmm. The sacredness, the sanctuary of family. He says the family has a decisive responsibility to flourish and to foster and bring life to a people of life and the people for life. That the family is a place in which life, the gift of God, can be welcomed and protected against the many attacks to which it is exposed. And in a sense, the role of the family in building a culture of life is decisive and irreplaceable. It's really powerful and, again, a place to pray for people, mm -hmm. pray for family, pray for parents. It's a huge undertaking and a great responsibility. So praying for this domestic church of the family, that families might find strength to proclaim, celebrate, and serve the gospel of life. Mm -hmm. Well, here we are, sister. It's like a lot of this we've heard. Mm -hmm. You know, John Paul II really is weaving themes in and throughout this document. And he's didactic, right? Mm -hmm. Like repetition is a good teacher. Mm -hmm. But 93, you know, really calls the family to celebrate the gospel of life through daily prayer. Mm -hmm. How much a family needs that life of prayer mm -hmm. together. And I would say 
for every family out there, finding a way to pray mm-hmm. together as a family, mm-hmm. whether it's every night at dinner time, praying for each other by mm-hmm. name, mm-hmm. or the rosary, a family rosary mm-hmm. can quiet mm-hmm. the stress and the clamor of each day and bring new life into those familial bonds between brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that charity grows as mm-hmm. a fruit of prayer. And that's really what we all know, right? When we think about our life of family, mm-hmm. what we want more of mm-hmm. is more love and those that fundamental unit of society, of the family. Yeah. And actually, that makes me think, you think of the elderly, right? Mm. So deeply part of our, our families, um, such a beautiful and vulnerable and powerful time of life. And yeah, just the call to really reverence um, the elderly. But John Paul II says, they're not only to be considered the object, object of our concern, closeness and service, um, but they have themselves a valuable contribution to make the gospel of life. You know, they're, they're sources of wisdom and witnesses of hope and love. And I've just been moved lately watching or hearing of my mom take care of her aging parents, mm. um, who are, who are getting older and, and, um, my, my sweet grandma who's four foot, maybe eight or nine and very, you know, bad dementia. And, um, but like mom giving her an iced cupcake, um, recently. And, and so grandma eats all the icing off. And then mm-hmm. my mom's like, are you only going to eat the icing? You know, and not the other part of the cupcake. And grandma's like, oh, she's like, um, She's like, my, my cupcake didn't have icing. But like she forgot in that like three second span that mm-hmm. she had eaten the icing, right? But it's like these deeply vulnerable moments and actually upholding and loving and not turning away from those opportunities yeah, of love. Sister. So it's so powerful. It's super beautiful. Well, and it is. It's one fireworks show after the next. In 95, we enter into another shade of this beautiful summons to walk as children of the light. And in this, bringing a transformation of culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about, sister. Mm-hmm. Your, your mom loving her mother to the end. Mm-hmm. That transforms a person, mm-hmm. but then it transforms a family. Mm-hmm. And then it transforms a village and a town and a city and mm-hmm. a country. That, yes, 95 focuses in on this dramatic struggle between the culture of life and the culture of death. And that we all need to uh, develop a critical sense capable of discerning true values and authentic needs. John Paul II speaks about mobilizing consciences to be united in an ethical effort to support all of life. And in this way, build a new culture of life, Mm -hmm. confront the problems affecting human life that we see today, and bring about that change that we all want to see. Mm -hmm. So it's, here he comes again. Mm -hmm. He's swinging. It's awesome. And, and I think he actually goes deeper in 96 with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, what does he say? I love, love this quote. At the heart of every culture lies the attitude man takes to the greatest mystery, the mystery of God. Mm. Right. And that where God is denied or treated like he doesn't exist and his commandments are taken into account, the dignity of the human person ends up suffering. Right. Mm-hmm. And so actually there's this necessary link um, between, I mean, the Lord and us, obviously, but also our use of freedom and truth and freedom and life and freely choosing to uphold the dignity of human life. And when when you see that, when you see people actually engaging their free will, their capacity, their conscience, um, it's really powerful and actually can lead uh, not only just to communion, but to worship and to, yeah, to joy. That's the thing, to joy. Amen. Mm -hmm. Sister, well, you say it so beautifully that, that informing our consciences we want to form them in two ways. First, develop this reverence, this sensitivity to the incomparable and inviolable worth of every human life. Mm-hmm. That's the first stop. 
Your second stop is to reestablish the essential connection between life and freedom. And that these goods are inseparable. Mm-hmm. So if you violate one, the other one ends up being violated. Mm-hmm. That there's no true freedom where life is not welcomed and love. And mm-hmm. there's no fullness of life except in freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to pray on that whole mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. But it's so important to set us all free in giving a sincere gift of self, mm-hmm. of love. But in the truth and in the way that we were made to give it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And actually, speaking of giving it, like you just think of 97, like the work of education, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And he calls, John Paul II talks about the need to educate on the value of life from its very origins, right? And on the the beauty and the power of sexuality, Mm -hmm. um, the spousal meaning of the body, right? Um, Helping couples to understand the the beauty of their married love and uh, their responsibility as parents. Also educating people on, you know, suffering, death, end of life, Mm -hmm. the meaning of suffering. The salvific nature of offering up our sufferings, right, um, with the Lord's suffering, it's powerful. It's, but oh. but if these are things like we actually need to be taught these things, right? Because we wouldn't necessarily intuit them on our own. Amen, so sister. The the power of that teaching them. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, and it brings us into number ninety eight because it's actually so bold what John Paul II is inviting us to. <laughs> that basically, if we want a cultural change. It demands that everyone has the courage to adopt a new lifestyle. Mm. Like, that's a big word, Mm -hmm. right? A whole new lifestyle. Making choices at every level. The primacy of being over having, of person over things. Passing from indifference to concern for others. From rejection to acceptance of them. Living those principles Mm -hmm. in every decision I make every day. Mm -hmm. Developing a whole lifestyle built upon the foundation of the sacredness Mm -hmm. of every human life and treating it in kind. It's kind of a big invitation and everyone has an important role to play. Family, teachers, educators, young people trained in true freedom, intellectuals, artists, scientists, those in the mass media, everyone Mm -hmm. putting their gifts forth. Yeah. And if we did sister, can you imagine? I mean, it's, it's, it really is countercultural. He's calling us to a countercultural way of living, which I think when people hear can be a little scary. Like, like mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to be against the tide. I want to be mm-hmm. against the culture. Like I'm, I'm scared of being lonely or rejected or whatever. You know, um, I want to, I want to, I mean, we all kind of want to fit in, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a natural, we want to belong. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of being countercultural, but actually it's like, at least talking to people, my experience is that the culture is actually breeding a lot of loneliness and, um, self-contempt and, and comparison and, and despair and anxiety. So it's like, you know what? Something's obviously not working. And perhaps, you know, trying the way Christ holds out for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this, this total new lifestyle in him, in yeah, his life and his love. I think, I mean, I'm just saying. Challenging, but true. Yeah. And resonant. Like, we're happy when we're living that way because mm-hmm. we're living the way that we were made to. Mm-hmm. And it does. I mean, he keeps swinging, though, number 99. He's also deeply aware that it depends on this culture of life on a new feminism. Mm -hmm. And he talks beautifully about that. He urgently makes an appeal to women uh, to bear witness to the meaning of genuine love, of that gift of self, of that profound capacity we have to receive others, and the profound gift we have in our maternity in our motherhood Mm -hmm. as women that make us aware of others, of the other person. 
And in a sense, he says motherhood involves a special communion with the mystery of life as it develops in the woman's womb. This unique contact with a new human being developing within her gives rise to an attitude towards human beings, not only towards her own child, but every human being, which profoundly marks the woman's personality. But this is a beautiful section. He said, women first learn and then teach others that human relations are authentic if they are open to accepting the other person, a person who's recognized and loved because of the dignity which comes from being a person and not from other considerations such as usefulness, strength, intelligence, beauty, or health. Mm -hmm. This is the fundamental contribution which the church and humanity expect from women, and it is the indispensable prerequisite for an authentic cultural change. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. I think it's true because we all thirst to be loved for us, Mm -hmm. to be received for us, and not for anything we can do. And the beauty of actually, yeah, women have that special place to to receive others in that way. Um, I think it's awesome. And I think it's also super powerful, the shout out he gives, um, just a special word to women who have had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read his words to you because I think it's, it's really powerful. Um, he says, the church is aware of the many factors which may have influenced her decision. And she does not doubt that in many cases, it was a painful and even shattering decision. The wound in your heart may not yet have healed. Certainly what happened was and remains terribly wrong. But do not give in to discouragement and do not lose hope. Try rather to understand what happened and face it honestly. If you have not already done so, give yourselves over with humility and trust to repentance. The Father of mercies is ready to forgive you with his forgiveness and his peace in the sacrament of reconciliation. This is beautiful. You will come to understand that nothing is definitively lost, and you will also be able to ask forgiveness from your child, who is now living in the Lord. It's just so beautiful. And he also, and then he exhorts women, saying that they'll be one of the most um, beautiful kind of promoters of this new way of, of mm-hmm. looking at human life. Mm-hmm. Um, powerful words. It's so powerful. And a beautiful invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is. I would say John Paul II is fearless. He really wasn't afraid because I think he himself, Christ's victory, Christ's resurrection, mm-hmm. beat so deeply in his own heart. He had been confronted with so much darkness and death and found his way through it mm-hmm. by the light of Christ mm-hmm. that, yeah, he can invite others mm-hmm. to lean in and to reach out for that and makes a beautiful invitation for women mm-hmm. suffering after abortion mm-hmm. in that way. I think, yeah, sister, it's a powerful chapter and even a number a hundred he acknowledges, yes, our resources of those working for a culture of life and love are much less than mm-hmm. those promoting a culture of death. And in that, he says, let us pray. Mm-hmm. Let us turn to God and let us offer to the Father a great prayer for life, which is urgently needed. And let that prayer give us the strength to persevere and to give our gifts. And yes, to build and inspire a civilization of life and love, to allow the walls of lies and deceit to crumble. He's fearless, and I think we have right to be fearless too, Mm -hmm. that we have Jesus Christ behind us Mm -hmm. and leading us, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing to lose. No. Amen. And ultimately, what's what's he bringing us to? He's bringing us to the victory of joy, right? Oh, sister. That our joy may be complete, as it says in 1 John. And that the gospel of life, this message that he talks about in 101, this is for every person. This is mm-hmm. not just for believers or Catholics. This is for every single person because every single person is made in God's image and likeness, is destined for glory, is is made uh, for love, 
right? And that everything we do in promoting human life, um, is con- it can contribute to this renewal of society where every person knows I am good, I am cherished, I am loved, I am chosen, I am important. Amen, um, sister. Yeah. Well, I love you speak of the joy. And then towards the end of that section, Paul VI points out, it also brings peace. Mm-hmm. And don't we all long for that? Yeah. From nation to nation, in the life of family, from the top down, mm-hmm. we desire to rest in that gift of peace. And he points out, every crime against life is an attack on peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something to remember, that yeah. as we build a culture of life, it becomes one of joy and peace. Mm-hmm. And those things that are hurts long for most. Well, I don't know, sister, do you have anything before we go? I know this was a, a quick look at some of the highlights mm-hmm. in chapter four, but beautiful to even ponder them briefly and to put them before us mm-hmm. as a way forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I think before we go, my challenge would be um, to just ask Jesus, like, Lord, what gifts have you given me? Um, and what are you calling me to in terms of um, service uh, to human life? And that's going to look different for every person. That's going to be unique and unrepeatable just as you are, you know, but actually he you know, he called Moses, he called Abraham, he called Jeremiah. He, he's calling you. He's calling you to something that only you can do. Um, he's calling your love to be expressed in a way that only you can. So I just, I encourage you to just pray, bring it to the Lord. Lord, what are my gifts? What are you calling me to with these gifts? That's awesome, sister. Yeah. What about you? You know, sister, my challenge would be on this last thought that Paul VI gives us on peace. And he speaks to this reality that every attack on life is an attack on peace. And it really begins within our own hearts, I think, mm-hmm. uh, is finding that peace within mm-hmm. that we can then bring to others and bring others into. Mm-hmm. And so I would just invite everyone to take some time to pray this week, mm-hmm. to really invite the Lord into the heart of your heart and ask Him to be present to those places that may still generate disquiet or pain mm-hmm. or agitation uh, or distrust and ask the Lord what he wants to do with those places. Mm -hmm. Ask the Lord what word he wants to speak there or what he wants to do there Mm -hmm. in your heart is actually the best first step that any of us can can take towards finding peace ourselves and growing it in our families, in our workplace, and please God, yes, in our cultures. That's awesome. Sister, you want to close us with a prayer? I do. And actually, I want to pray... um, it's a prayer that we pray every morning as the sisters of life. Mm-hmm. It's the prayer for life. Beautiful. And actually every convent is the first thing we pray in the morning. So I just thought, I just want to invite you into that. And we can pray it together. Sounds great. Eternal Father, source, source of, of life, life, open our, our hearts, hearts to see and desire the beauty of your plan for life and love. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so that our love will be generous and self-giving and we may be blessed with joy. Grant us great trust in your mercy. Forgive us for not receiving your gift of life, and heal us from the effects of the culture of death. Instill in us and in all people a sense of the sacredness of every human life. Inspire our efforts to protect and care for the most vulnerable, especially women who are pregnant and their unborn children, the sick and the elderly. Strengthen us in the hope that with you nothing is impossible. We ask this in the name of Jesus who by his cross makes all things new. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Mother of Life, pray for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen.
God bless you all. It's great to be with you. No, we're praying for you. And we'll see you next week. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.